Um, I always have a really strong urge to say I'm Luke because you always say it first. <laughs> so when I'm doing it, I'm like, welcome to another episode of Miss Tappy. I'm Luke and I'm Emma. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Is Fitz Happy? I'm Luke. And I'm Emma. And this week we're taking on part two of chapter 10, Confrontations. Yeah. This chapter was so big. I have a lot of feelings about it, so. Yeah, I don't even know if it's the longest chapter, but it's very dense with things. And and like we talked about last episode where at least I mentioned that it kind of kicked off a lot of plots for everybody. Mm -hmm. We hadn't talked about Althea at all in that last chapter. And this is like her chapter and Ronica's that kicks off like the Bingtown stuff. But this is where Kyle, Althea and Ronica's whole storylines kind of get kicked off in the confrontation that springs from that. Yeah. So very dense. Yes. And we start where we left off with Althea leaving and we're now in Ronica's point of view with Kyle railing against the world saying that if Althea comes back drunk again, he'll lock her in her room for a week. And Ronica is just devastated because she knows Althea's not coming back. Kyle, shut up. Ronica Vestret heard herself say the words crisply but quietly. It was all falling apart. Her family, her home, her dreams of the future. Althea had meant what she had said. Ronica had heard Efren's voice in her words. Her daughter was not going to turn up on the doorstep tonight, drunk or any other way. She had left. And all that idiot boy Kefria had married could do was play king of the hill and make up ways to try out his new authority. That girl ain't right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> not that king of the hill. <laughs> I'm going to take Vivacia and buy some propane and propane accessories. Okay. okay. I can't do the can't no. do the voice. <laughs> well, anyway, Ronica is now living with the reality she chose. And she's just starting to get annoyed with Kyle. She was clearly a little bit annoyed before, but now she's really feeling it with the sting of her daughter leaving for good. And I think it's hard to empathize with her in this everything's falling apart around me when every Efren told her that this wasn't a good idea and she chose not to listen like she dug her feet in the the sand and made this the hill she would die on and now she's living with those consequences she had multiple opportunities to change that to change this outcome there are even things she could have done in the last chapter in the last half of the chapter that we talked about last episode or you know to fix this there were things she could have done and she continued to not do them and now she's oh poor pitiful me i don't feel sorry for her yeah it's this is part of the reason why so i know this trilogy is the favorite of a lot of people and i do love this trilogy as well it's one of um probably the second favorite groupings of books second or third um, in my rankings. But when I was first going through these after the Fitz books, I didn't want to continue. 
I just didn't like anybody. Yeah. In the first, you know, this is 10 chapters in. I just like, oh, none of them have my sympathy except for Paragon, Brashen a bit. And, but we didn't get a lot of him. And then Kenneth, because he seemed kind of cool because he was a pirate and like way different than anything else. (laughs) Just like the inner family dramatics and everyone is so crappy to one another. Wintro was fine, but he was kind of wet blanket on my first read through. Like, (laughs) I don't know. It just felt, it just felt so agonizing to get through. And like we mentioned before, I like Ronica more than, than you do, I think Mm -hmm. as a character. And I think this is kind of her low point. And this is where she like has to improve from her ignorance about everything else. She is similar to a lot of other characters we see in Robin Hobb's books. And that's stuck in her way. Very arrogant and stubborn and thinks that she knows the best. I mean, that's a lot of a lot of characters in this series, but. It's a motif through a lot of series <laughs> yes. that she writes. But yeah, it's this is kind of Ronica realizing how badly she mistook Kyle and how badly and poorly she played the situation. Yeah. And the weird thing to me is that she still hasn't fully grasped how big of a mistake she has made. It is coming she's in like, the next. She's starting to think it was bad. <laughs> yeah. Just now as Althea has left. But prior to this, it was like, this is sal- salvageable. And I just don't, I don't get it. I, I really wish I could see what life was like before Efren died when the family was all together. I just don't see how it could have been much different and how Kyle could have so cleverly concealed who he is from her. Like, I just don't see how she overlooked this for so long. Maybe it's because she was in charge of the holdings and there's so much going on right now that she didn't have time to focus on the little petty disagreements between Kyle and Althea. I think Kyle was also gone, you know, quite a bit. Althea was obviously gone with Efren. I'm sure Kyle had, because Kyle's captained three ships before, it said. So he was probably on his own voyages. Like, they probably didn't hang out as a family very often. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It just feels like there would have been warning signs before now that she obviously just swept under the rock. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Ronica's going into this still thinking that she's kind of in charge and she deserves respect, which she does. But Kyle obviously has different thoughts on the matter and Ronica says you know I avoided saying this in front of Althea but uh, she because she needs no encouragement to rebel but you've been acting like an ass all morning as you so tactfully pointed out there is little I can do to intervene between you and your son my daughter Althea is another matter she is not under your authority and your efforts to correct her I have found extremely offensive she had expected him to look at least apologetic instead his face hardened into a front and she wondered, not for the first time, if she had completely misjudged this man's common sense when she had put the family's fortune into her elder daughter's hands. His first statement confirmed her worst fears. I am the man of this family now. How can you say she is not under my authority? Now, Ronica explains that she's my daughter, not yours. Uh, and it's Kefria's sister, not your sister. And it's just so, like... I don't know. We've t- we just talked about it. It's just like she's just realizing now these are bad things. I don't right. Know. And I mean, <laughs> also, 
she clearly doesn't understand who he is. I think Althea could have told her not to take that tone with Kyle if she wanted a better conversation. Like she's confronting him. And while I don't think that there's anything wrong with her talking in that way, because adults should be able to confront each other in that way, I feel as though to Kyle, who thinks women are lesser, he's not going to take kindly to that tone. And if she knew anything about him at all, as Althea does, she wouldn't have taken that tone. She would have chose something else because she's a smart woman and knows how to kind of be tactful, but because she expects respect from him the way that her husband has shown her, she's going to get nowhere. This is not who he is. And she does not know how to play the game by Kyle's rules. And he's talking calmly and rationally and says, you know, if you and Kefria can't control Althea by other means, I'll have to be stronger with her. We can't just, you know, coax and cozy Wintrow and Althea along. We have to, you know, make them perform well to help out all of our family. And Ronica doubles down and says, you're not the one to, you know, deal with Althea. I am. And Kyle says, perhaps you see it so. I do not. You have given control of her maintenance to me. In judging what maintenance she actually needs, I may be able to persuade her to curb her behavior to decent standards. His voice was so calm and rational, but the sense of his words still stung Ronica. When you criticize my daughter's behavior, you criticize the training she received from her parents. While you may not agree with how Efren and I raised Althea, it is not your place to voice it. Nor did I give Kefria management over Althea's finances as a method to govern her, but solely as a way to determine what the budget could afford to allow her. It is not fitting that sister should govern cistern. It is even less fitting that her sister's husband do so. And it was never my intent to force Althea from the Vivacia, but only to encourage her to discover another life for herself after she had seen the ship was in good hands. Ronica sank down on a bench beside the table, shaking her head at how her plans had been twisted awry. Efren was right about her. She needs a light hand. She will not be dragged or driven to do what is best for her. Last night, well, she was grieving, and whatever you may think of Brashen, I know Efren thought highly of him. Perhaps he did no more than see her safely home, a fitting thing for a gentleman to do when confronted with a distressed lady. And perhaps they had been drinking tea together all day as well, Kyle noted with heavy sarcasm. A mistake. A grievous mistake. Ronica looked past Kyle, stared at Kefria until her daughter became aware of her gaze, and briefly met it. Before I dive into that, I want to talk about the previous passage. <sighs> it just keeps going on. <laughs> it just keeps going. Ronica is still underestimating everything in this situation. And still, right at the end there, like, Kyle's sarcasm was a mistake. A grievous mistake. Because Ronica has the upper hand, and she knows her daughter. But no, she doesn't. She doesn't. And here, Ronica actually points out things that would have benefited to say in Althea's presence. Yes. You know, so Althea could explain her side. Ronica herself said, I haven't had the chance to talk to you since last night. She says, you know, Brashen was thought highly of in, uh, in Efren's eyes. So maybe he was just walking her home and she was grieving last night. But no, it's. Because you showed up last night in that state, I don't believe you that you can work a ship. Yes. And that, I think, is what makes me the most angry in this whole thing, is that Ronica acted as though that was the nail in the coffin, that that is the reason she can't support her daughter, when that's not it. Kefria didn't, or I'm sorry, Ronica did not want to support Althea in staying on the ship forever 
point blank period. She just didn't. She never has. She has never won her daughter there. This was just an excuse to try to get her daughter to go along with it, to say, see, if you could have acted better, maybe you could have had it, which is disingenuous at best and at worst, like manipulative. Yes. Manipulative. (laughs) Thank you. I just, I don't understand why she thinks that it would be a weakness to be kind to Althea. I don't know why she thinks that telling Althea that she's right, Kyle is behaving like an ass right now. (laughs) Like, why is that a bad thing? Why can't she say that in front of Althea? Like, obviously Althea would run with it or whatever, but she's saying all the things Kyle said about Althea in front of Kyle. She doesn't care that she's giving Kyle what he wants And Kyle obviously will run with that. So why, why can't she do that for Althea too? And even if she would have said, I just wanted you to be able to see that I like the ship is going to be okay without you. Like she could have said it that way. I just don't get her. I don't understand why she had to be as horrible as she was to Althea. And also like Althea was right when Ronica doesn't really know about the bond between the live ship. And somebody else. Right. Yeah, I just wanted to see the ship would be okay without you. And then you could go off in your own way and Kyle would have it. And probably Selden would be on board or whatever. But right. I don't know. It's just so weird. And I, I, I do want to point out the passage again where what we were talking about last episode where Ronica has intent to, you know, setting the words into the law or whatever, the the legal document. And... She never thought, you know, it could be interpreted this way and it's not proper to interpret it this way. What it says, it's all about her intent writing it. And it's, of course, taken completely out of context. She's like, it's not right for a sister to govern a sister based on her finances. It was only set and worded like that. So it could be based on, you know, the budget that we had to allow her. And it's it's not right that, you know, she's going to be completely off. My intent was her to see the world and see it was okay to leave the ship because that was fine. It's just so against what she actually does. Like her thoughts are so against what her actual actions are and what she says to the people that they affect. It feels like Ronica runs on a social hierarchy as well as like the, like the greater environment that she lives in with Bingtown with image and the old traders. It's all of these small circles how she's so closed off and she always presents a united front with whoever she has been secretly talking with and making deals. So Efren and Ronica have a united front against Devad and like, you know, things like that. Right. She talks with uh, her advisor and her advisor and her have a united front talking to Efren. She, Kefria and Kyle have a, an agreement to do, you know, to govern, like to take the ship from Althea and she has a united front with those three against Althea. Even if she disagrees with all of some of these aspects, she just doesn't voice her true opinions. It feels like it's all transactional. It all has to be, oh, the image is perfect. We made this decision. It's the best one. Right. Even if she has her own reservation, she can't be a human to her own daughter. And it's, it's so frustrating to read because it's like have a heart woman. (laughs) And then we get in her head and she's kind of thinking it, 
but she never says anything about it. Except she does say it to Kyle when Althea's not there. Right, yeah. And it's, yeah, so, but yeah, she doesn't say it when it matters. And it's very frustrating to read. And it's more frustrating because she's realizing as she goes on that maybe she doesn't have the power she thought she did. And she doesn't understand how Kyle could talk poorly about the parenting she did or has done or why he thinks he's in charge when she hasn't told him otherwise or given him a reason to think otherwise. She handed the keys over to Kefria, which means she handed the keys over to Kyle. Yep. So Ronica is addressing Kefria now. It's like, oh, that was a mistake to use sarcasm and continue this because I'm still in charge and deserve respect, Kyle. And turns to Kefria, who's supposed to be her leverage or her pressure point, the daughter she believes in, the good daughter. Mm -hmm. And she looks at Kefria, makes her meet her eyes and says, you knew my intent with the documents. It would be dishonest of you to take advantage of your sister, to use your inheritance to coerce her to to your will. Tell me you will not allow that to happen. She has children to think of, Kyle interjected. Kefria, her mother repeated, and she could not quite keep a plea out of her voice. I, Kefria's eyes darted from her mother's face to her husband's granite stare. Her breath came fast as a cornered mouse's. I can't be in the middle like this. I can't, she cried out in dismay. Her hands rose to tangle desperately over her breast. You needn't be, Kyle assured her. The papers are signed and witnessed. You know what is right and what is best for Althea. You know that neither of us have anything but her own good at heart. Believe in yourself, Kefria. Believe in me, your husband. Kefria met her mother's disbelieving stare one last time before she looked down at the table's polished surface. Her hands edged along it, smoothed the wood nervously. I believe in you, Kyle, she whispered. I do, but I don't want to hurt Althea. I don't want to be cruel to her. We won't be, he assured her promptly, as long as she is not cruel to us. That is fair. That seems fair, she said hesitantly. She glanced at her mother, seeking reassurance, but Ronica's face was set. She had always thought of her elder daughter as the stronger of the two. After all, had not Kefria chosen a life that demanded strength, while Althea had gone off to dangle after her father and play? Kefria had taken a husband, had children, managed her own household, and assisted in the running of the larger holdings. Or so it had seemed to Ronica when she had been making out the documents that meant determined inheritance. Now it seemed to her that Kefria had mostly managed the internal workings of the house, determining menus and shopping lists, and managing social occasions. It had left Ronica free to do all the real tasks of running the holdings. Why had she not seen that Kefria was becoming little more than a placeholder, following her mother's directions, obeying her husband, but seldom standing up for herself? Ronica tried to recall the last time that Kefria had suggested a change or initiated an action. She could not think of one. Why, oh why, did these insights have to come to her now? <sighs> because you don't think of your daughters and what they're doing. You just think of running the household, which I'm sure is crazy. And like she's had her hands full and it's very stressful. And she didn't get like a ton of help or support. Well, she got a lot of support from Efren. Just basically in trust, but not actual support with the work. So, yes, stressful and all that stuff. But, like, pay attention a little bit. Especially when it involves their family's future. Yeah. Like, changing the lives of of both of your daughters, but especially the one who is expecting to inherit something. Like, maybe take a little bit more care before changing everything. 
So there's a, there's a lot to cover there. First, it's the whole section of Ronica confronting Kefria and making her choose. And yes. Kefria, of course, ultimately chooses Kyle. Right. Well, Kefria chooses not to choose. <laughs> right. She yeah. says, I don't want to be in the middle and so Kyle takes the choice from her and says, well, that's okay. I've chosen for us and you know, that's right. Just believe in me. Yeah. Which it's so hard because you get why she would use that or would go towards that would take that comfort. Kyle's being sweet to her. He's soothing her. He is giving her what she wants because don't feel distressed about it. We got the decisions. I can do this. It's Legally, fair to her, yeah. right? Like, yeah. we have fairness. Yeah. We'll be nice as long as she's nice to us. Which also, like, first of all, I hate Kyle so much. <laughs> but, like, to say, well, if she's not cruel to us, we won't be cruel to her. Oh, uh, What does that mean? Like, cruel to you in what way? And what is your version of cruel back? Because right. her being cruel to you, say, calling you a name, and then you being cruel back by withholding any money so she can't do anything. Her being cruel by getting drunk and then you being cruel by locking her in her room for a week. Yeah, <laughs> or hitting her or whatever. Like, kind of doesn't feel very equal to me. And But Kefria doesn't want to make that choice. She doesn't care to be in any sort of distress in any way. So she will happily back out and say, oh, of yes. that responsibility. Yeah, that does seem fair, right? And then she wants that reassurance from her mother. She wants everybody to tell her, yes, good job. You you did a good job. Good job picking, even though she isn't picking. And her mom isn't giving her that, which uh, honestly, one of the first things Ronica has done right in yeah. this chapter. It's like insane to me. And I get it. Like she doesn't want to do this, but it's just wild to me that she isn't seen as spoiled. I don't think I've ever seen discourse. And granted, there is discourse about these series that I have not seen, but I haven't really ever seen discourse about how Kefria is kind of more spoiled than Althea. And that's why we, that's when we get into the second section here, where Ronica is reflecting on Kefria's past and how Ronica thought of her as the stronger. Yes. And I just... She is kind of really spoiled. She doesn't do anything she doesn't want to do. If she seems distressed, people take over for her. It's very using damsel in distress to get out of things. So it's... There's a couple issues with the way that Ronica thinks here. One is thinking that one daughter was stronger than the other. Yes. That's kind of the the base premise of everything that's wrong here. Because no matter what life each of the daughters choose, there's going to be difficulties and that require strength to overcome it, right? Right. Some sort of strength of character or physical strength or mental acuity, something, you know? And for Ronica's perspective, she has the hard life, right? She has never really sailed on a ship to do a sailor's work at all. And running the holdings is very hard work. It is stressful. She is managing all the financials, basically. Right. And she's the one who wanted extra help. She wanted both daughters to help her. And she sees Althea shirk that task, go off with, you know, you talked previously about her jealousy, possibly, yes. like the freedom that Althea got to choose. So she's going off gallivanting with her husband, who she always pictured as a strong, strapping sailor who is having a great time and bringing back wonderful stories, right? So 
doing work, but it's not really work <laughs> while she's digging in dirt and things like that. So Kefria helps her on the farm and eventually Kefria's like, no, I'm not going anymore. I need to look good for boys. And her mom's like, yep, that's proper. That's perfect. I still want help, but like she needs to get a good marriage and kids. This is like the perfect image of being town trader, old families, whatever. Right. It's time for you to court people. So she's like, oh, Kefria is so strong. She chose the right option. This is my life that I chose. So this is the strongest option because I see myself as a warrior. When she shouldn't have even been assigning those values in the first place. And she just kind of blankly assigned it and then didn't look deeper. She just wanted, she saw what she wanted to see out of her daughters. Right. And the disappointment she felt was a disappointment, you know, in, oh, Althea didn't choose the path that I wanted for her. Right. Also, the fact that she thinks it's stronger of Kefria to choose the traditional role that makes her the stronger of the two. I will never understand because I I think it's because of what you said before. She wants that freedom. She doesn't have a choice to go to do anything else. But Kefria did. And she chose to stay and help out with the holdings. And then Ronica's like, wait, she didn't like help out at all. And also didn't actually choose. (laughs) Was she ever offered to get to go on the ship? We don't know. Maybe she wasn't said no. But like. I feel like it wasn't really a choice for her either. She just, that's not what girls do. So she doesn't want to do that. Right. But it still is insane to me to think, yeah, the girl who has to constantly work against prejudices based off of the sex she was born as and nothing else also has to do physical labor all of the time, which, okay, I'll fair Maybe not all the time, but she was doing physical labor. She was helping in some capacity on the ship. The girl who is learning new things and trying to learn how to captain a ship, which is not traditionally done by women in this time period, that is less strong than deciding to go with the the status quo and marry and have children. That's way harder than forging your own path that's against societal norms that even I am opposing her in. Like, so that's, yeah, it's definitely true. Like, especially from our modern mindset too. It's like, that's insane. Why would you think that? But like from her, her mindset, it's shirking your duty or choosing to stay with the house and do your duty. She's like, Oh, you're just choosing freedom over what you should be doing to help your family. Right. So like, yeah, According to her, it makes sense. Right. Right. And I, yeah. And I don't want to, I don't want to say that like raising a family or choosing to be a a wife is not hard in its own way or that that's like a bad choice. I'm not trying to like belittle that because those are hard things. I just feel like it's silly to pretend that like physical labor and the rage against a system that is ultimately against you is way easier than becoming a mother in a society where that is basically a woman's only role. It's just not, they're not the same. Which makes it hard to compare, which is why I said like, yeah, picking a stronger of the two doesn't make sense. And then second of all, both of them are spoiled. Yes. (laughs) They're both spoiled. Like Althea is not doing physical labor all the time. We've kind of ran over that. Yes. So, like, she's definitely spoiled. We talked about that, but you brought up the good point. Kefria is also spoiled. She just makes menus and manages social occasions and things like that. She doesn't runs the eternal internal housing household stuff, which I'm sure is also work, 
but they have a bunch of servants who have been doing it for a long time. So I'm sure it's not that much work. She just picks out what she wants to eat for the week. Yeah. If I, if I could sit around and just tell somebody, here's the menu for the week, make it for me. I would choose to do that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but we would never make a choice. That's fair. We don't know what we're going to eat that night. That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) Like tonight usually. But yeah, I don't know. It's just really weird to me. And they both are hard. They're both hard things. It just, I don't think it's fair to say one is significantly harder than the other. The way that her daughters are acting in each role, they're both pretty equal. It's just so frustrating to hear Ronica's ignorance about her own kids. And about how a ship works. like And how prejudiced she is against being, you know, on a ship. Right. And like. (laughs) Or not doing traditional things. Which is so crazy because she literally is shirking tradition in her own role. Like, okay for me, but not for thee. What? What are you? I don't get it. I don't understand how she can be like, oh, what I'm doing is okay, even though it's different. But what Althea is doing is just shirking responsibilities. Like maybe you're shirking responsibility of just being a mother. Like that's how other people might look at you. Why, Mm -hmm. why is your point of view the only right one? Yeah. I just don't. So what I'm going to, when we continue on here, the next part, what I'm going to say probably isn't the fairest to Ronica's character, but I'm going to go with this tack anyway, because I'm very annoyed with her at reading this section. (laughs) So I'm going to say, um, She's thinking of, like, why didn't these insights come to her before when she already wrote all the papers down, everything like that, when a man died, all the property and holdings passed to his offspring, not the wife in Bingtown. So with a lurch, she realizes that she doesn't have anything besides the lands that she brought in marriage. So she abruptly realized it was not just her younger daughter who was now at the mercy of what Kyle considered fitting a woman. It was herself as well. And... The not fair thing I'm going to say is that it doesn't come into focus until she's the one also threatened. Yep. Which she already, like, I'm saying it's not fair because early, er, earlier, like a couple pages ago, she's saying, like, maybe it's not a good idea to have Kyle in here. She's slowly realizing it. But, like, it really snaps into focus when it's like, oh, now I have to do damage control and not be in his eyesight either. Well, not only that, but the fact that, like, it's okay to force Althea into a more traditional female role, but not herself that, Oh, I never thought about the fact that I too am not in a traditional role and that could be taken away. That freedom isn't guaranteed and based on who I decide to put in charge of me and with the death of Efren, I've chosen wrong. And that's really sad. And I feel, I mean, I do feel for that part. That is a really hard reality to realize that like, Mm -hmm. hey, actually my whole life is also turning upside down. But like, where was that thought whenever she was ripping Althea's life from out, out from underneath her? Sure, Althea has had less time to live in a non-traditional way, but it's still been most of her life. And the fact that that's okay, but now that it's her traditional life that is being called into question or non-traditional life being called into question, now it's not okay. And now like, uh uh-oh, this is actually really a big deal. It's just... Ronica does navigate this pretty well because she realizes she has to kind of give way to Kyle a bit. She's kind of controlling her voice and being like, okay, it does seem fair that... You know, you would do that with Althea. So she's kind of conceding that point now because Kyle's going to have his way with in 
terms of how Althea is governed. So she has to go along with it. But in her head, she's like, I can't be too meek as well, because something would be weird with that. So she she's very skillfully navigating this new mindset. And she says, we shall see if it turns out that way in reality. So she's giving in, but still against the idea or putting up that thought. Right. I also do want to mention that she points out that she does have control over her own holdings that she brought into the marriage. Those are still hers. However, there's not very many of those left because she was selling them off to pay for the debt of the family. And in doing that has accidentally set herself up for less freedom. Yeah. But this is also part of the trap that she's set for herself. Yeah. So she's kind of feigning weariness, rubbing at her temples, sighing. It's like, okay, there's so many things to think about. So many things. For now, I'll leave Althea to you. And as Kyle says, the vivacia must sail soon. So also trying to say like, hey, what are your plans? Trying to get into Kyle's head. Move out. Go quickly so I can do damage control. Her mind was already racing as to how she could work best in his absence. She could at least make sure that what remained of her own holdings would be passed to Althea upon her own death. Not that she would make mention of that. She had suddenly decided it would be very wise if she did not appear to oppose Kyle. And time alone with Kefria was time in which she could work on her elder daughter. Kyle seemed content to be diverted, and so, you know, that conversation moves to his next journey, and... He starts by being super patronizing here. He's like, okay, so Ronica's also acceding to my authority. So I'll lecture and then they I have to pause and they'll nod at certain sections and agree with everything I'm saying. Yeah. So it's <laughs> pretty gross here, but it's like, okay, sooner I get Winter away from the distractions of shore life, the faster he will accept his destiny. He has much to learn and through no fault of his own, he comes to it when he is closer to a man than boy. He cannot bing, begin too soon to master it. He paused just long enough for them to nod. It irked Ronica to do it, as he seemed to imply they had somehow been at fault in the boys' upraising. When he was satisfied of their agreement, Kyle went on. As to ports and cargoes, we'll trade in what's most profitable. And again, he pauses for their nods. And he's like, okay, so then, if we agree we have to do what's most profitable, it makes sense to do for, uh, to trade in slaves. I'll go to Jamalia, and we'll sail past Bingtown and go straight to Chelsea. Ronica, while he's leading up to that, Ronica's kind of getting the idea he's hinting at slaves. And then she asks straight up, like, okay, then what's your cargo? And he confirms it. And he's saying just educated ones. But. <laughs> right. There is but one answer then. He decided for them all. I'll take the vivacious south to Jamalia to take on the very best we can afford. A north to Chalced as swift as we may go. The cargo? Ronica asked faintly. Already her heart was sinking with certainty. Slaves, of course. Educated ones. Not pickpockets and thieves and murderers, but those that will be prized in Chalced as tutors and overseers and nannies, artists and craftsmen. We need to buy up those whose debts brought them to the block rather than those condemned to slavery for crimes. They will not be as hardy, of course. So perhaps we should balance the load with a hold full of whatever our purse will afford. War captives and bred slaves and whatnot. The second mate, Torg, has worked slave ships before and knows many of the auction folk. He should be able to guide us for some bargains. And so slavery it is. Slavery it is. And Kefri is kind of pointing out, slavery's illegal in Bingtown. And he's like, ah, we won't be stopping in Bingtown. And also, not for long. Not for long. Yeah. But it's also, 
Just the way he's talking about human beings is so gross. Yeah. Oh, well, they're not going to be hardy to last long, the educated ones, because our journeys are so horrible. I mean, they're slaves. So in his mind, like, yeah, we'll just keep them chained in the hold. But they're not likely to last long. So we'll get very hardy criminals as well, even though I just said we won't be getting criminals. Right. Anything to make a profit and the most profitable cargo, obviously. And it's just, (sighs) ugh. Yeah. So Kefri is trying to, I mean, good for her for trying to like speak up a little bit because she's been so beaten down by Kyle over the years. She's like, first like, well, it's illegal. And he's like, man, not for long and we won't be stopping here. And then she's like, but pirates. And she's like, they've never bothered the Vivacia. Your father always talked about how swift she was and they won't bother chasing her. So we're fine. They'll leave us alone. Try not to trouble yourself with worrying over things I have already pondered. I would not be taking this course if I deemed it risky. That is such a gross response. Just a person's worries. But also like, okay, so it's not Kefria's fault in this at all. No. But that's kind of what she wants. Yeah. At least Fair. at this point in her current mindset, that is kind of what she wants. I'm not trying right. to like blame her for being a pushover. But no, no. And I think... I think up until this point, she has liked Kyle making all the decisions. Yeah. She has liked being able to take the back seat, but it's been so long since she actually tried to voice an opinion that it's really hard now. And I think that's something that isn't talked about a lot when we talk about people who are like emotionally abusive is that sometimes you don't realize like how down you are (laughs) till all of a sudden you're like, Oh, actually I don't want to make him mad. So I'll, I'll say something cause I'm allowed to talk, but I just can't argue too hard. Right. And that's really sad. And Kefria probably herself doesn't even realize the level at which she is being bulldozed at the moment. And we're in, in Ronica's head. So we see Kefria saying slavery is illegal in Bingtown. She pointed out uncertainly. And then, Pirates, Kefria pointed out shyly. Like, it's just very meek. Yes. And when we were in her point of view, when we were reading from her her vision, she talked about how, sure, sometimes she disagreed with Kyle, but he's just so good with words. And really, does she know anything? And it makes me sad to think that she doubts her own natural instincts and mm-hmm. that she doesn't really have her own views to stand on. It's just, oh, well, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Kyle's smarter than me. Veronica also has a point to bring up, and she kind of takes cues from Kefria being very shy and quiet and meek about this and says, the cargo itself may be risky to a live ship, Veronica pointed out quietly. Kyle's like, what do you fear, uprising or something? No, they'll be secure under the hatches, they'll be below... And Kyle was starting to sound annoyed at their reservations about his plan. But Ronica is trying to speak gently, but still voice her concern because she knows a little bit more about live ships. She says that could be even worse than as if she were, she says gently as if she were offering an opinion rather than stating a danger. He could, he should plainly see for himself. Live ships are sensitive creatures, Kyle, and Vivacia is only recently quickened just as you would not expose Malta to the, discomforts slaves must endure during transport so too the vivacious should be sheltered from them kyle scowled and then his expression softened ronica i am not unaware of the traditions surrounding live ships and so far as our finances will allow us i will respect them 
Wintrow will be aboard, and he will be allowed some time each day simply to converse with the ship. He'll be able to reassure her that all is well, and that none of this has anything to do with her or her own well-being. Nor do I intend any unnecessary cruelty. The slaves must be kept confined and controlled. But beyond that, they will experience no harshness. I think you worry needlessly, Ronica. Besides, even if she is distressed by it, it's only for a time. What harm can come of that? You seem to have considered it well, Ronica tried to put reason in her voice, and replace the anger she felt with a tone of concern. There are tales, of course, of what a distressed live ship may do. Some, they say, go unwillingly, spilling winds from their sails, running aground where it seems they should float freely, dragging their anchors. But all that, no doubt, is nothing that a lively and well-trained crew cannot deal with. In more grave cases, it is said that ill-used ships can go mad. And she comments on the pariah, which is Paragon. And there are rumors of other live ships that went out and never returned because the ship turned on its owner and crew. Cal rebuts with that, like, well, there are pirates and, you know, seasons out there, storms that can sink it all the same. It's, you know, we're taking the risk, whatever it is. And Kefria, like, latches onto that. Oh, but both you and Wintrow will be aboard. I could lose half my family at a single blow. Do you think this is wise? Papa made money with the vivation, never took on illegal cargoes or dangerous ones. And Kyle scowls and like, Kefria, my dear, your father did not make enough money. That is exactly what we were discussing here. How to avoid his mistakes and make this family financially sound and respectable once more. I like how he belittles her there so that she knows that she's an idiot for speaking up. Yes, but lots to go over in that section. I wanted to read quite a bit because it was all kind of connected a little bit. But yeah, first we get the... You know, the uh, the points from Kefria and from Ronica a little bit of going against this plan because they don't want to seem, well, Kefria can't really speak up that loudly, but Ronica doesn't want to seem as if she's opposing Kyle that badly. So he doesn't invoke more control over her or put a financial noose around her neck. Right. But she's also trying to point out a real risk and, a, and an incredibly important one about a newly awakened live ship. Right. And I think this goes to show how little Kyle knows about what a live ship is, but also shows that he thinks live ships in general, all are just a bunch of like folly. Like this is just a bunch of superstitious old people talking about the things you have to do to get a good live ship. Ultimately it's a ship and none of those things are real anyway. And so he's trying to appease her by saying like, Oh, you know, as much as we can afford to, of course we'll respect traditions, except no, not really. He's not doing that. And they're talking ships that go faster than normal ones. And they have a specific advantage of going up the Rainwild River. And that's all that it is to Kyle. Right. He doesn't understand why there might be. Why they're talking. (laughs) Yeah, why they're talking. Or the fact that things that happen on the ship affect the ship's psyche. Yeah. Like there's no sense of like the ship can feel everything that's happening. That's why they run faster. It's, it's it's also a really good point that Ronica makes. It's like, you wouldn't want Malta exposed to this the same way we don't want Vivacia exposed to this. And Kyle just kind of breezes past like, oh, yeah, it's just traditions and stuff. We'll try yeah. to respect it. Like, whatever. But also, I like that he says that 
that he doesn't want to have any unnecessary cruelty towards the slaves. So there's nothing to worry about them being mistreated and upsetting the ship. And it's like, okay, right now you're promising better than you treat your son and your sister-in-law. So, But he puts the caveat on there. He says the slaves must be confined and controlled, but nothing beyond that will be unnecessarily cruel. So it's like like, he knows what's going to go into it, but he's trying to make it pretty. Right. But it's so stupid. It just makes me so angry. It's like, yeah, um, you can believe me that I won't be unnecessary, unnecessarily cruel after you watch me punch a 13 year old in the side of the head. So hard right. he passed out for daring to oppose me. Uh. Like what? Who do you think you're kidding right now? Like They were there, bud. They know that you're a horrible person and you probably will use violence when unnecessary. Veronica still has to, you know, she has anger in her voice. She has to try to replace it with concern and be like, oh, but, you know, things can go real bad if you do this. Oh, you know, Sonny, I'm just a little old grandma that has your best worries at heart. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why was that kind of Irish? It was not. <laughs> right at the end there, a little, a little bit. I don't okay, know. sure. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, I don't know. It just is so, like... This game that Ronica is playing now of like, oh, I'm so smart. Look at me. I'm going to play Kyle at his own game. And like, obviously, that's not fair to me. I'm just very frustrated with her. But it is very like. She, she's doing very well right now. Yes. She is. Yeah. Because Kyle doesn't get it. But I don't know. It just. The fact. I don't know. I just wish she, she had made better choices. If she hadn't painted herself into a corner, she would have more bargaining power to tell him how it worked. How live ships worked. True. But she wouldn't have done that anyway. There's no way she would give that secret to someone who isn't. No, I'm not saying like a secret or anything. I'm just saying like she she wouldn't have to meekly or try to say, oh, it's a concern for you that they could go mad. She would be like, this will harm the development of this live ship. And she probably won't sail as well. You think there's any possibility she could have ever, ever said it like that, regardless of what happened beforehand? Yeah. If she was in more of a position and wasn't. She she didn't have the possibility of Kyle, you know, putting a financial noose around her neck as well. I'm saying like she she's doing it very meekly. She's doing it with like concern in her voice for the well-being, things like that. I think she would be like she acted in the previous scene with Althea, very no nonsense, trying to yell, get her point across. Probably wouldn't work, but she would be coming from a position of more power. But because of the mistakes that she made, like you said, she made the trap that she's in. Right. She has to come at it with like. It's just little concern, and Kyle can easily just bulldoze over it. Yeah, but I think he would have easily bulldozed over it, even that's, if she used. That's her what last I'm saying. Yeah. I said that too. Yeah, that it probably wouldn't work, but she would have more power if, in this hypothetical situation, he might have to listen to her more because she would still have more financial power. I don't know. I guess I just disagree. I just, I just don't see any version of this story where Kyle listens to a woman at all it That's really fair. anyone um it doesn't seem like he listens to anyone I, I think even Efren himself could say something and he would go yeah okay sure and then he would do it anyway you know what I mean I just don't I don't possibly know. that's how I see it I disagree with the Efren part if Efren was still alive he wouldn't do it well if Efren said don't do it and then died he'd be like all right time to do it and your hypothetical Efren was alive, though. I didn't state whether or not he lived. Oh, okay. I just said if Efren said. 
<sighs> Emma's now diving into the pages to kill Efren again. Yes. <laughs> in a different way. <laughs> well, you know, no, that's not fair. I don't like him, but I don't wish death on him. <laughs> I guess he's already dead, so. <laughs> so Kyle is just like, you know, none of these concerns bother me because ships take out or uh, storms take out ships every every time. So there's always that possibility. And Kefria is like, oh, no, my family. And Kyle's like, no, it doesn't matter. You know, I, I have to I have to dig this family out of its financial missteps. And I have to correct all of your father's mistakes that he made. You know, one of those quirky decisions immediately comes to mind in this light. He met Ronica's eyes suddenly and studied her face as he observed, If you don't care for the slave trade, we could trade up the Rainwild River. Certainty, certainly that's where the world's most desirable goods come from. Every other live ship trades up the Rainwild River. Why shouldn't we? Ronica met his gaze calmly. Because years ago, Efren decided that the Vestret family would no longer do river trade, and we have not. Our trading contacts with the folk of the wilds are gone now. And Efren is dead now too, whatever he feared. I am ready to face it. And Veronica says you would die with great certainty. Kyle, of course, doesn't believe it, saying, I doubt it. It's a savage river, but I've taken ships up rivers before, so I'll take those charts now. They're Kefrias by right, so I'll take them and they're mine. No slaves aboard the Vivacia, fat trade up the Rainwild River, win-win. Ronica did not hesitate. She lied. That might be so if such charts still existed, but they do not, Kyle. Efren destroyed all charts of the Rainwild River years ago, when he decided to sever our trade connections there. He wanted to put an end to the Vestrit trading up the Rainwild River, and he did. Kyle shot to his feet. I don't believe it, he snarled. Efren was not a fool, and only... And only a fool would destroy charts that valuable. You're keeping them back from us, aren't you? Saving them for precious Althea and whatever you can find to marry her. Yeah. You see the true intentions, maybe. I don't know. It's really hard for me to think about why this comes up. Is this just really something that he thought of in the heat of the moment of like, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it. Okay, I... if you hate it so much, I'll just do Rainwild Trades. Or was this his leverage knowing that slavery is something that Ronica is very against and thinking this was his way to get the Rainwild maps? I don't think it's either of those. I don't think he would mastermind like I'll hire Torg, who is a former slaver, to help with this future slave trip just so I can get the Rainwild charts. You know, like the whole setting up the whole future for it, right? Setting up context for Chelsea. I don't I think guess. he would I don't think he's I don't think he has enough planning or foresight to do that. Okay. I'll say I think he was eventually going to go after the Rainwild charts and do that. But it was kind of like a no go, no conversation ever since Efren was around, so it wasn't like priority in his mind, but in his head it was probably always his property after Efren died. You know? I don't think it was like leverage to do it. I don't think he thought in the heat of the moment, but it was probably on his list to do after he started making regular profits. Well, then one heat of the moment be the case that he brought it up. Yeah, maybe, but like, I don't, I'm saying, I don't think he first thought of it now. Oh, okay. Sure. I don't know. It's really hard for me to decide. I guess I feel as though Kyle's slimy enough and he's kind of shown peaks that 
he is kind of after this status. Again, like I said before, maybe there is love with Kefria. Maybe the love grew later. I don't know. But just like, I don't know how slimy he is about this whole thing and how little he cares to know about this thing he knows nothing about in both the Rainwild and the the live ship. Why do you think he would die? Why do you think Veronica is so adamant that he would die? And Kefri is too. I think that he would die because he is not an old ship trader family and they would kill him for seeing the people. I was kind of thinking that too. Yeah. I absolutely believe there is no talking he could do to get himself out of that. Yeah, I think so too. And also just seeing how he is as a person, he would not react well. (laughs) So true. But like, why don't they just tell him about the fact that, Efren thought that the blood plague came down from... I don't know. Like, like at the that... very least, be like, Efren did a trade up the Rainwild River, and then all of our kids died. Would you prefer that? I feel like that would get through to Kyle. Right. He cares about his family, like you said. <laughs> Although he'd probably be like, oh, it's superstition and whatever. Right, like, yeah. Which I kind of believe as well. Like... Yeah. <laughs> I don't... Th- I mean... Maybe, but I don't think by not trading up the river are they saving themselves from right. another plague. Definitely not. It's just, yeah, but that would be a better tack to take. Yes. You know, they just, instead of just clamming up and being like, nope, they're destroyed. I'm not telling you any information at all. Like, ugh, I don't know. It just is bad. It's all bad. Everybody does everything bad. I don't like it. <laughs> I do think the next line is pretty funny, though. So Ronica says, like, she didn't hesitate. She instantly lied. Charts are destroyed. Kyle's like, no, Efren would never be such a fool to destroy such a thing. And she says, I don't be cared to be called a liar, Ronica hissed. That, at least, was truth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Such a thing. Like, yep, I'm instantly going to lie. Get called a liar? No, you can't do that. I don't like being called a liar, actually. And I don't, be, I don't care to be treated like a fool, Kyle raged in return. No one in this family has ever given me the respect I deserve. I was willing to endure it from old Efren. He was a man and years my senior, but I will not tolerate it from anyone else under this roof. Once and for all, I want the truth. Why did Efren sever the family trading connections and contacts up the Rainwild River, and what will it take for us to recover them? Ronica kind of stonewalls him after he... Has that sexist rant of like, I only accepted it from Efren because he's a man, yeah, and, and older, than, older me. than me. Like, mm. I don't know. It's bad enough that he said that, but also we do get to the root of Kyle's issues and why he is playing King of the Hill now. It's because he's tired of not getting the respect he quote unquote deserves. He thinks he deserves respect simply for being a man in this household. Yeah, I don't know what he's done. Th- that makes him think he deserves any he respect at all. Born Chalcedian or part Chalcedian. Yeah. And he's like, I I deserve all this respect that I didn't earn at all. I'm better than Althea. Like, mm, are you? <laughs> you make better fun sailor, of her. Yes, I'll say. Maybe. I don't know. Not convinced considering he couldn't keep a captain ship over one ship. He had to go to three different ones. But whatever. What do I know? I'm just a woman. Um <laughs> I just think it's so stupid that he's like, I deserve respect. I've done a lot to deserve it. Like, ignore everything you've ever told me about things I don't know and improperly store cargo and 
just really rage against the way that you raised your children. Respect me. Name one thing you did that deserves respect. He's taking on this debt and he's doing it for his family. And also because he would get the rain wild charts. (laughs) (laughs) So Ronica stonewalls him, doesn't answer him. And he continues saying, can't you see what is the point of having a live ship? But we don't use it to exploit the river trade. Everyone knows that only live ship families can go up there and we're an old trader family. We're a live ship trader family. What has your husband done with that privilege and that debt? He's traded in other things that anybody else can get and watch the debt pile up. You know, money flows down the Rainwild River faster than its waters do, and yet you'd have us stand on the banks of it and starve. There are worse things than starving, Kyle Haven, Ronica heard herself say. Like what? he demanded. She could not stop herself. Like having a greedy fool for a son-in-law. You don't know what you're talking about when you speak of the Rainwild River. Gave her an icy smile. Why don't you give me the charts then and let me find out? If you're right, you'll be rid of me as son-in-law. You'll be free to sink all your children and grandchildren into debt. No, Kefria started up with a shriek. I can't stand this. Don't talk about things like that. Kyle, you mustn't go up the Rainwild River. Slaves are far better. Trade in slaves and take Wintrow with you if you must. But you mustn't go up the Rainwild River. She looked at them both pleadingly. He would never come back. We both know that. Papa's only just died and now you're talking about letting Kyle get himself killed. So I don't know why Kyle thinks that this is a good retort. He's so proud of himself. Well, why don't you let me, why don't you let me prove it then and I'll just die? Like, okay, then she'd also leave, lose the ship though, which is way more valuable than you. So why would she let you lose her ship well because he doesn't believe her that's why he thinks it's a good retort he's like okay i'm gonna call your bluff my logic and reasoning beats yours superstition you know right give me the things prove it if i go up there you'll be rid of me but i know i'm right so i'll get a bunch of money and i will be correct again as the man of the house making the best decisions so i don't think he sees it from like she could actually be right yeah yeah i think he sees it from like I'm right and I know it because it's Kyle. (laughs) Also, way funnier would be if she actually did give him the um, the maps. He went up there and they just like refused to come out of their huts. (laughs) Like he goes up there. No, it's like a ghost town. Nobody wants to talk to him. And he like literally has to come back empty handed after wasting time. Oof. That would be very funny to me personally. Probably not great for the family at large, (laughs) though. (laughs) No, probably not. Well, he would probably blame Veronica and Efren for not maintaining contacts. Or right. It, all, it would also not be his fault. But also, I just imagine that Andre Adams meme where he's like, let me in. <laughs> <laughs> Kefria, you're overwrought and overreacting to everything. The look Kyle shot Ronica suggested it was her fault for playing upon her daughter's imagination. A tiny spark of anger kindled in Ronica's heart, but she doused it firmly. Her daughter was looking at her husband with eyes full of hurt. Opportunity, she breathed to herself. Opportunity. Let me take care of her, she suggested smoothly to Kyle. I'm sure you have so much to do to ready the ship. Come, Kefria. Let's go to my sitting room. I'll have Rach bring us some tea. In truth, I feel a bit overwrought myself. Come, let's leave things to Kyle for a while. She stood and slipped an arm around Kefria and led her from the room. Salvage, she silently whispered to Efren. I'll salvage what I can of what you left me, my dear. At least one daughter I shall keep safe by me. Yeah, what Efren left her. Okay. Oh, okay, Ronica. 
what you forced Efren to do Anyways. on his deathbed and also uh, persuaded him. <laughs> also, like, at least I'll keep the one daughter that has always been my favorite and I always had control of anyway safe. Okay, whatever. I no. Ronica, you're the worst. And like <laughs> you're getting what you wanted. I don't care. I'm so angry. Ah. <laughs> uh. Very frustrating chapter. Yes. Especially the second half. This episode in particular is very <laughs> frustrating to read. Yeah. Well, it's hard because unlike Althea's half, you can't empathize as much with Ronica. I mean, maybe some people are. And if you can, I you must be part saint. Like, I definitely can. But the larger half of me is like, you messed up. <laughs> You're getting your just desserts, and I hate that you're getting your just desserts, but you're getting them. Like, I don't think, I don't know, it's hard. On the one hand, like, nobody deserves to be treated the way she's being treated, and, like, Kyle's horrible. She treated Althea the same. Well, yeah, she's honestly getting treated better than Althea is getting treated, because at least Kyle didn't lay hands on her, so. True. I just. Well, he did push her out of the way. (laughs) I suppose. (laughs) I don't know. It's just. It's so frustrating that on every turn for her to, like, realize that she's wrong and to really feel sorry, she kind of is just like, man, I misjudged this, but I'm still pretty smart and in the right, so I can fix it. And, like... I'll salvage everything. I'll salvage. Um, Maybe do a little bit more introspective thinking before you commit to salvaging things. I don't know. I will say that that Ronica is... I maintain that she is an intelligent person. She didn't think through every decision ripple when she made Efren sign everything, but she kind of embodies what we're told about the first Bingtown settlers of how they just kind of, Oh, disaster struck. Let's pick up and move on and keep doing our thing and try again. You know, she changes tax very quickly and she's able to, despite the argument right at the end, because there's always going to be an argument with Kyle unless you just bend over and let him do, you know, any decision that he wants to do and just like bend over backwards for him. But there's only a small argument at the end. But in general, she kind of deflects all of the things away, saying like even even lets the, the comment pass. Oh, Kefri, you're overwrought and like blames it on Ronica. And Ronica's like, oh, I'm overwrought as well. We're just women. Let me take care of the other woman. Yeah. And Kyle, you you deal with stuff so you can leave faster right she's dealing with the the blowback decently well but she's the reason that's happening right so it's yeah it's hard to sympathize but uh. no it's just i don't know i guess if you think about the fact that she at least is actively trying to make the situation better she is there's not much she can do. Like as much as I want her to fix this problem that she made, what can she do now? Legally, nothing. Legally, she does have to walk a very fine line. I'm not being very fair to her because I'm upset with how she treated Althea. (laughs) Just like we were upset with Althea when she was being dumb. Yeah. So like to admit some wrongdoing on my part to be the bigger person of a fictional character <laughs> who will never know that I think this way. Um, it isn't fair that I am taking so much out on her. And I mean, it is really impressive that she is able to have the wherewithal to know like, yeah, I've been making these decisions and Oh, this is wrong. But, or I guess, 
I think it is really impressive that she is able to change tracks, that she, like Kennet, sees a mistake and maybe not as swiftly as Kennet is able to because she is not necessarily used to manipulating people in the way Kennet is. I think as a negotiator, she also has the ability to manipulate a situation to her favor. She has practice in that. Um, but the fact that she is able to recognize as things are going on, the grave reality of things and the best way to keep things afloat. So until she can do better, I think that is a really impressive skill. Yeah, definitely. I mean, she's been doing it her whole life. So. Yeah. And it Trying is salvage. Yes. And it is really frustrating that it took her being affected to make it real and not only her being affected, but one of her daughters just leaving the family. Yeah. And she let it get to that situation because I feel as though she's smart enough to have not let it do that. And I don't know, I guess we're all human. I don't know if I could have done better, but I just wish she had because of how much hurt and pain that this trilogy takes on. <laughs> I, I don't know, but I guess ultimately her decisions are, what helps make the dragons come back. So good on her, I guess. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to this conclusion of chapter 10. If you have anything else to say about Ronica or Kyle or Kefria or any of the decisions herein or that we've discussed before, please let us know. Email us directly at isfitshappy at gmail.com or you can uh, message us on any of our social medias. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, and Twitter, where it is fits happy on all three of those. We have a username is fits happy on Reddit, and you can find all of the rest of our links and things like that on uh, isfitshappy.com. Yeah, we look forward to hearing your guys' point of view. Okay. So this time, uh, we don't really have any user submissions that we were going to talk about, but instead we wanted to kind of talk about some things going on in the community. Yeah, there was a, uh, there was a new announcement that Dark Horse Comics, Comics is working with Robin Hobb to adapt the Farseer trilogy, Assassin's Apprentice specifically right now, to a comic. Yeah. Which is pretty exciting. Um, I like comics. I like anime and manga. I suppose anime is the cartoons. Come on, say it. Say it with an American accent. Manga. manga. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like people are like get upset whenever you say manga instead of manga. And I've always been like, I don't know. It's spelled manga, and like I don't speak the other language, so. But it is like very like grassy ass of me to yeah. like not just say it the way it's supposed to be pronounced. True, true, true. So yeah, this uh, this is supposedly an adaption written by Jody Hauser with Robin Hobb. So I don't know. I'm hoping Robin Hobb has a lot of input on it, just because yeah. any adaptions are like this is one of the first adaptions that we're getting of this series in general. So I'm, I'm mm. hoping it's faithful in terms of story and plot lines. They're going to have to change stuff. Cause I, I don't think there's any way they're going to do a scene for scene remake of it. Right. So, uh, I just hope that the tone of the story 
is okay. And I, I think it's going to be really hard to do. I mean, I'm not a very well-read comic reader. I've read some graphic novels before that have done introspective and, you know, um, non-dialogue heavy things. Like I've read Watchmen and V for Vendetta, things like that. And I really hope they do this well because it is very in Fitz's head a lot of the time. Yeah. It will be really interesting to see how it's done. I think I also am hoping that it stays true to the messaging that Robin Hobb has put out there. But along those lines, I'm also hoping that we still we get really good representation of the um, of different versions of the peoples that yeah, how everyone's kind of described and and because we have a lot of different. I'm I'm excited for the art in general. Like right. I love all interpretations of the art, but we haven't had a full book description art yes yeah it is really interesting it'll be cool to see what is done we're obviously very excited it's always fun when new things happen in the hob verse <laughs> it's always fun to see um so we're looking forward to that and i do want to say that i really appreciated that buckkeep radio recently posted on their story i guess i don't know when this will be posted but um, recently-ish posted on their story, kind of talking about how... Probably like a week and a half or something ago now at this point. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but they posted on their story about how they they point out how a lot of times the official art for the series has not really been true to Robin Hobb's mes- message of Fitz being a brown person. Um, she specifically has a tweet where she says that, and the way she has described Fitz is how you would describe a person of color. So it's not really something we're here to debate and we don't feel the need to, but this is something Robin Hobb has said, and it's not really something that has been depicted very much. And we're hoping that we see more of that in the series. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I, like I said, I'm excited for all like new art to come out. Yeah. It is something that, and be closely following. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And yeah. So we're, we're pretty excited. We hope you guys are excited too. If you guys mm-hmm. like comics um, and if you can get it in your country, that'll be really interesting to see now that we're not in the States, if we will be able to purchase. <laughs> yeah. I think they have online stuff that we could technically do. Um, but uh, this is, I think it's coming out in December. Let me look at the, the article here. December 14th in comic book stores. It's episode or like a one of six for Assassin's Apprentice. So only six. Hmm. Oh man, I'm going to get my terminology wrong. I know there's different things. Is this volume one of six or is the volume the whole set? I can't remember. Or is this like a chapter? Yeah. There's certain, there's certain terminology yeah. for comics and I, I'm, I, I don't, don't want to pretend well enough, I know. So. Yeah. But this is a, uh, this is, Part one of six for this first run. Hopefully it is adapted for all of them. Um, if it's good. Oh my gosh, please let it take off so that we can have the live ship traders. Are you kidding me? That would be so fun to see in comic form. Yeah, it would be a lot of fun. Oh so. my gosh. Yeah. December 14th uh, of this year apparently is when the first one is out. The caption or not the caption, the description of it, the back cover description of it so far is until recently, Fitz was only known as Boy, the illegitimate son of a powerful noble. Fitz is taken in by his uncle, Prince Verity, who prepares the boy for a journey to the capital to meet his royal grandfather. But Fitz is not a normal child. 
An ancient power stirs inside him, something that will change the destiny of the six duchies forever. The incredibly influential fantasy novel comes to comics in the first installment of the best-selling author Robin Hobb's Assassin's Apprentice. So, obviously, very short description of the series. But is it just a noble father? Are they cutting Prince Chivalry out? Is Verity directly bringing fits over is Birk kind of getting a shortened role I, I don't know it's I mean they're gonna have to cut out a lot and change a lot of stuff if it's only I don't know even even if each of these parts is 50 pages that's still not enough to cover all the pages of <laughs> the first book so True. it's I mean I'm, I'm preparing myself for heartbreak yeah that's fair I don't know I think to be fair they are trying to market it as like a who knows what's gonna happen just in case nobody's read it before right yeah. so it's like ooh, who could possibly be his father just some noble hmm <laughs> <laughs> and also technically Verity was supposed to be the one to bring him it was just Bjork who was in charge of him so I don't yeah. know we'll uh, see either way I'm excited for it it's uh fun news to hear yeah. Yeah. I can't wait. I'm hoping that, you know, we'll continue to see growth in the realm of the elderling universe and that there will be more stuff out there for us to follow and encourage you guys to engage with and for us to engage with and just mm-hmm. in general have a good time. I'm going to say this right now for everybody out there, even if people don't like like even if hardcore fans know that the adaption like isn't maybe very faithful or whatever, hopefully it brings in new people and then they can be convinced to read the books. Yeah. That's that's always the the power of reaching new audiences. So don't be the first one to to poop on that parade. <laughs> <laughs> don't yuck somebody's yum. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's always good to get more fans in a fandom. Yeah, so that was mostly what we were gonna talk about this time. It was something that seemed really cool that was happening in the community. And we definitely want to be able to promote things like that that happen. So um, we'll try to be on the lookout for more stuff that happens as it comes. And we look forward to hearing your guys' thoughts on this episode next week. 